Welcome to season five of Raw Health Rebel podcast. I'm really excited to kick this off with the amazing homeopath that is Melissa Kupsch. I love chatting with Mel. We just had such a meeting of minds and she is so on the same wavelength to me when it comes to homeopathy. Her enthusiasm is contagious and it's just amazing to hear of the work that she's doing, the new homeopathy school she's setting up in September, the homeopathy hospitals that she's also going to be setting up. It is such a time to be alive witnessing this profound period of change. I chat to Mel about her journey into homeopathy, why we think there is nothing else like homeopathy and the deep and profound levels on which it can heal. I talk to Mel about her favourite remedies, about her experiences. We talk about homeopathic detox. Really, we just have a good old catch up and chinwag about homeopathy. So please listen in. Let me know what you think. Mel, I'm super excited to have you on. And it seems like everyone else is too, because last night I shared my Instagram stories. You were coming on and people were like, oh, I love Mel. I'm so excited. So I can't wait to hear you chat to her. So thank you so much for coming on. Oh, thank you for having me on. Lovely to connect. It is great to connect with other homeopaths. And I couldn't be connecting with one much further away because obviously you're over in Australia. So I'm flying the flag for the homeopaths over there. And so really, can I get you to introduce yourself in your own words for the listeners? And then we'll have a chat about how you got into homeopathy and all of that good stuff. Sure. So I am Mel. I am that homeopath is how most people probably know me. Mm -hmm. Are you that homeopath? It's becoming a bit of a thing in Australia. I'm surprised how many local people around are starting to recognize me and say, excuse me, are you that homeopath? Like it's happening in the post office in all these random places. I'm like, oh my gosh, yes. So yeah, that homeopath. But yeah, I'm from Australia, got into homeopathy really in my early 20s. And it wasn't through my own illness. It was actually that of my sister who's one year younger than me. So we're, you know, sort of like twins, best friends. And she was chronically sick in and out of hospital. Dad is a medical doctor. They had done everything to try and, you know, help her. And really at the end of all of their investigations, they said, you need to be on prophylactic antibiotics every day for the rest of your life. Like every day. I just thought you can't be serious. So like by this point, her body was just destroyed and we're in our early twenties. So we're just sort of, you know, praying for an answer. So we'd done all of the other holistic therapies. So at this time, I'm two years into my degree to be a naturopath. So you think you know a lot about healing and how to do it naturally. Did all of the herbs, the supplements, the nutrition, the grounding, the meditation, the prayer. She's quit her job. She's not stressing. It's like, but she was still stuck in this disease cycle. And I was just like, what on earth? And I used to have this lecturer and he used to say to me at uni, you know, oh, you'd love homeopathy. So this guy's a homeopath and a naturopath and a lecturer. He's like, oh, you'd love homeopathy, you know? And he used to say it all the time. And I used to just, yep, fob him off because I'd never heard of it. And in general, I think, you know, just as human beings, we often assume if it was any good, everyone would know about it, right? Like it just, I, I'm studying at a college of natural medicine and I've never heard of it. I'm not interested. And yeah, one day he said it to me when Ash was sick and I was like, right, that's it. If you can cure my sister's chronic condition, I'll change my degree next week. Long story short, we just met in a coffee shop. She starts spilling her entire life story to him, 90 minutes, all the details like we know in homeopathic case taking, just the obscure things that I'm sitting there thinking, gosh, this nosy, nosy Parker, what on earth is he asking this for? And at the end, he just gives her a bottle of Staphysagria and, you know, take this twice a day and let me know how you're feeling in six weeks. And it was just unbelievable. It was, you know, just night and day not back in hospital in that same disease pattern. It completely broke her out of it. And I was just thought, what the hell has just happened? <laughs> and so before I actually changed my degree, I then started to research it because I thought, honestly, could this have been a placebo? What has just happened here? And when you actually start to dig into the research, it just, it really feels to me like the holy grail. It's like, how has this been hidden under my nose all this time? How is everybody walking around in this world not knowing that this most magnificent modality exists. And it just became an obsession, you know, very, very quickly. And it's lasted, you know, for a good 10 years. And so 
here we are. I sort of, after graduating, I got busy having kids. So I sort of had three boys almost back to back ish. So it was a bonkers time, but all the while just, and I mean, I wouldn't have survived that without homeopathy, Mm. you know, getting through and keeping me well. And then, yeah, my husband and I switched over roles so I could sort of practice full time now and he'd be home with the kids and I sort of just slip into the study here and there. But yeah, that's, that's how we got here. Oh, that's given me tingles. And do you know, your story is very similar to mine. Like it's different, but you know, your sister was actually my daughter, but she was been told she was told to be put on prophylactic antibiotics. And oh. it was that that was like, no, there's got and we were then we started with more than naturopathy and biomed and found homeopathy mm. similarly. And I thought, what is like a bonkers it was bonkers the first like meeting I was like this is just a load of old twiddle twaddle and then when I saw what it did exactly the same you go down that rabbit hole of what the hell is this and why doesn't the world know about it and your passion Mm. really comes through of trying to get that message out to everyone for sure and it's it's contagious because all you need is one solid positive experience with homeopathy and it's a paradigm shift and you'll never look at your health or your body the same again and it's all of that knowledge and education that you think why weren't we ever taught how the human body actually thrives we were just rampant with chronic disease and no one taught us from a young age really outside of a bit of basic nutrition guidelines what actually constitutes disease, right? Yeah. And do you think one of the things I wanted to ask you is for me, like learning about homeopathy has just been like going down the rabbit hole into so (laughs) much more because like, why don't they want us to know about health and disease and the power we have? And uh, what's your perspective on that? Yeah. I mean, yeah, being in my early 20s, I... I, I fell hard down the rabbit hole. It was around the time, yeah. So I already knew about homeopathy and I was already studying. But when you really start to get, you know, down into some of those those holes where it's like, why do they not want us well and free and thriving? And then it extends into all these other areas, which, you know, 10 years ago, I felt very alone. I sort of isolated myself from friends. And I remember just I was just on YouTube just because back then YouTube was a lot less censored, you know, than it is now. And there was just so much. And so you're sort of building, you know, this big network of understanding of like, how does this world actually even function? Where do all of these agencies, where is their power coming from? Why is everybody married to everybody or related to everybody? And, you know, where, you know, where does this house of cards actually end? And really, how do we tear it apart? And I think, medicine and health is, you know, one area that they really have got us under the thumb. They make, it's the most profitable industry. And with that profit and that power, they've then sort of infiltrated all these other areas of our life. So it's definitely something where you want people to become sovereign again and understand their own power because the constant outsourcing of our power in every way, it's just so dangerous. And I mean, we saw that so clearly the last couple of years, right? How many people now are switched on? Like what, what the hell's going on here? And they're, they're now in those, in those pits, figuring it out. Yeah. I think I'm really grateful actually for COVID and those last few years, because so many people seem to have woken up. Like at the start, I was like, oh my God, I'm alone in this nightmare. (laughs) Like help. For sure. But yeah, so many people are finding homeopathy, I think, that would never have even considered it Mm. before. So do you do you try and convince skeptics if you come across one? What's your approach there? It's so funny. I think I it's been a long time since somebody's really been skeptical to me because I guess I just attract all these people now who are already sort of sold on it. They probably watched me for a while. They understand every now and again in a fertility couple, the husband, you know, might, you know, send me a follow-up email and say, whoa, I'm actually really shocked. Like I wasn't expecting much and holy crap. So it's usually the men, if anything, who are a bit blown away when things really start shifting. But I, to be honest, I don't bother. And I think the more confident that you get and the more, you know, miracles you see with homeopathy, the less you care about any person who's not believing. 
Whereas, you know, in the beginning of your journey, when you're just sort of figuring it out, I think it's much more easy to be like, oh, you know, people think I'm crazy or people don't, you know, whereas it's becoming so mainstream now, but the science is backing it up. Mm -hmm. And now that we have that there, it's like, I just look, I actually feel sorry for people who don't understand because I think, oh, you're so behind the game, you know, and that's, I sort of just assume I'm like, oh, you'll catch up five years, 10 years, you'll, you'll realize, but yeah, that's where I'm at. Hey, do you have many skeptics? Not again, very similar to you at the beginning. Mm. I was like, I wanted to like tell the whole world, Hey, like homeopathy. So my friends that had been friends with, you know, since I was a kid were looking at me like, has she joined a cult? You know, what's happened to her? (laughs) Yeah, no, same. I don't try and convince anyone. And actually in my life has changed so much, you know, from when I first found homeopathy that my circles I move in they tend to use it you know people set similar and I just feel the same sorry for people it's like well if you want to stick to your pharmaceuticals if they're working so well for you that's you know do what works but sadly yeah. not yeah yeah and that's the thing and when you look at the kids it's like oh you want to also be like oh live and let live you know but also I'm like looking at these kids like oh please stop don't hurt like the innocent kids with this like repeated sort of toxic exposure yeah Um, and you can see I think sometimes as well like you know you can see just out and about that toxic load you know the dark circles under kids eyes the pale skin just no mm -hmm. not the lack of vibrance really you know and I just think that's where it is really sad where people aren't discovering it but I guess you can't everyone has to find it in their own time don't they when they're ready for it exactly and it's it's so funny with homeopathy like when you're talking about that vibrance it's like I look around the world at most of even the adults and it's like people are really just surviving. Very few people are living a life that they enjoy, like in any way. For a lot of people are just on this, got to get through, got to, got to get through. It's just this constant sort of like wheel they're on. Whereas with homeopathy, I think that's what I love the most about it is the power to really vibrationally shift people's lives where they actually start to create something they love. And we know that brings health And we know that like why the vital force would sort of lead people to live a life like that. But that's where I think a lot of people also find our work now is that it's like people want to let go of that traumatic baggage. We just got a a nation of people on antidepressants and, you know, just anxiety meds or or they're using alcohol things just to block out this whole existence. It's just becoming way too much. And I think homeopathy offers us really one of the only ways to really truly deeply heal like on that level Mm. you know I I agree and there are so many times I find myself sort of thinking you know you've got these other modalities but homeopathy is so much better (laughs) (laughs) and and everything's got its place but I'm like it can heal on every level like you say helping you even find your purpose and living in yeah you know what you mentioned at the start that your dad's a medical doctor is Mm. that right does he have does he use homeopathy and how does that? No. So he's a pretty healthy guy in general. So because he's not sick often, it's not that I've really ever needed to sort of expose him to it. I remember sending him some articles when I first started studying and he's pretty eyes open kind of guy. So even, you know, the last couple of years was probably I'll say painful for him to endure, but yeah, it's, it's funny. He, he fully supports like everything that I do. But one time I said, oh, dad, why don't we open, you know, a clinic together? And he's like, oh, sweetie, you know, can't, can't teach an old dog new tricks. And I was like, don't, don't say that. But he's, what would he be? 60, 63 maybe. So he's probably going to retire soon. But I think he, he just has such a good understanding of like human beings and human behavior. So he would try to sort of counsel his patients in that way. But you know, our doctors here, I'm not sure about you, but the average time that a doctor in Australia gets with a patient, like with Medicare billing is seven minutes. Like that's sort of the in and out time, get your script, get gone. Like what can you unearth about somebody's health Mm. and connect any sort of pattern for them in seven minutes? We've got this broken system that sort of just keeps perpetuating all this broken and sickness because they don't have time. And then, you know, it's the people don't, oh, it's, it needs a, an entire revolution of the whole system. 
it does it's yeah five minutes I think is the standard consultation time in England and like if you you know you can book a double appointment for 10 minutes but well if you can even get an appointment I mean I haven't seen a doctor for years but I do remember before I'd found homeopathy like once wanting to talk to the doctor about you know two different different things that I had going on and they're like no you can only discuss one thing and I remember thinking then like but what if they're related and that's the whole thing the beauty of homeopathy isn't it that you're a whole person you discuss everything not just the the one really? thing wow yeah that's I mean as homeopaths we probably spend like five minutes just like catching up with our patients you know how's life been where we at <laughs> okay now let's get into it like Oh, in and out. Oh, I I, th- I would feel so sorry for doctors. They must realize, I think to myself, they must realize they picked the, the wrong profession by and large, barring like emergency medicine, which we're always going to need. And our um, hospitals here in Australia, they are so overwhelmed at the moment. We've got ambulances just being banked outside hospitals a lot of the time mm-hmm. with like, you know, critical care type things like heart attacks. And this is where the encouragement for people to really get into homeopathy, look after your health, and get yourself, like, stop being a burden on the system mm-hmm. so that we can free it up for people who do need it for emergencies so we can sort of work alongside each other because it's just going to crumble. It is, so. yeah, it is a broken system here as, here as well. And I, I think that's a really important message, what you said as well about your dad and just the personal experiences. There are good, really good people within this mm-hmm. system. It's the system that is completely broken and needs a complete yeah. overhaul. And straight out of school, a lot of our most brilliant minds, like in Australia, you know, you get the top marks, you almost automatically, a lot of people go into medicine because it's like, oh, I'm just, you know, I'm so smart. Imagine if all of those brilliant people, or even half of them, imagine if they became homeopaths, that would transform the world. Yeah. It would. Well, we need to manifest that. And so you're, I want to talk about your plans, actually, because I've been seeing, you know, on Instagram, your plans for a new school. So can you talk a little bit about the work you've been doing up to date and what you're doing? You know, is there a shift going forward? Yeah. It sounds really super exciting. Yeah. So we started off with offering a course. So what I was finding is that there are a lot of naturopaths and even midwives and nurses who have lost their job, who really want to sort of like pick up their, their skills, go forward and just completely change their career. They're like, I can't go back to that, but what can I do to sort of bridge the gap? Now with our naturopaths, a lot of them, you know, specializing in fertility, I was thinking you guys can learn, you know, and some basic first aid to help your patients just manage things at home. Because even for the naturopaths, when the kids have got colds and flus, like you could provide some homeopathic medications, just like acute things to help them through. So they're, you know, not any of it. Yeah. And so what started with that surprised me with the demand of people to want to learn more about homeopathy. Then we wanted to put a course together just for parents to understand just how much homeopathy can be used for. So a lot of people get the first aid part because we bang on about that a lot. I wanted them to see like an inside scoop to all the different facets, Mm -hmm. homeoprophylaxis, so they can learn about it complex children, you know, the homeopathy hive, I've got Sarah teaching that where it's like, it's a totally different approach, like all of those different remedies for like ASD. Yep. And so the parents know, you know, if the kids get diagnosed with any of these complex childhood things, there are different approaches there and teaching them about like what homeopathy can do for trauma so that, you know, when their kids become teenagers, should they run into trouble, they mm. will actually know this is going to be the most profound way to heal as opposed to, I think I, a lot of people, I think they, they come to my Instagram page and they say, I never actually really realized what homeopathy was capable of. I, their idea of it in their head was very different to the depths of mm. it. So yeah, that course. And then I think when people have done one of those courses and they've seen a little bit what I started to realize is that what we have is like hundreds of people who are hungry to really commit and do like the proper training, really become, you know, qualified in all sorts of complex cases. Like they want to know it all, like that little bit, Mm. the same as I'm sure it was for you and me, like you fall in love with it and it does, it becomes like an obsession. And now we've got hundreds of people who are obsessed And so for a long time, I've just diverted people towards the main institutions that I know of. I studied at CHE. Did you study at CHE? Mm, 
Yeah. Yes. I only did one year there and then did the rest of mine in Australia, but places like that, that have really been going for a while, but I was starting to feel like a lot of people, they're just like, oh, I've studied with you. I just want to stay. And I was like, maybe I can get some directors and I can sort of be a part of it. And so do you know Jean Duckworth? She's in the UK. I don't don't know if you would know her. She is phenomenal. So she sort of has, she's one of these people who seems to have been on every board ever at some point or another. So she teaches at UCLan um, and has taught homeopathy. She taught um, my mentor, his master's, hence where the connection was made. But I reached out to her and just said, you know, would you be interested in sort of putting together a curriculum? And Peter, who was that original homeopath, who was my lecturer, who got me into it, right from the get-go back then, it's like he sort of took me under his wing and I've just sort of really stayed close to him. And he's just a phenomenal homeopath. He's quite, I would say quite different. You know, we all learn all our different techniques. He's different, but I was just seeing the results and I just wanted to be in there. And so with teaching these students, it's just a total vibe. And then with, with all of, you know, the funds that we are raising with all of this education, we want to put it towards really my, my goal has always been a homeopathic hospital. And when I, yeah, when I said that five years ago, people would have thought, oh, you know, you'll never, never really be able to do that. You know, you'll get blocked along the way or something will happen, or that'll be too expensive. And it's like, we've got all these people who can see that where we are in the world right now, right? It's like a total crossroads. It's for people who really understand mm. the depth of what we're facing. We either really swing hard towards the future that we really want to create and we all get busy doing that or we sort of rest on our laurels and we sit back and we let people just like sort of keep suffering thinking, oh, people will figure it out. Like infertility, I have seen just so clearly the the devastation that we are headed for. Mm -hmm. And I would just love to see that just turn around right now, just like no more, no more suffering. Like I just think it's such a biological urge to have a family. And the fact that, you know, the, the amount of people who are struggling, it's just like, it's just, Mm -hmm. it's just unacceptable. You know, these are like our brothers and sisters. So anyway, yeah, that's, that's where we're headed. So I think by the end of this year, 2024, we will have secured the place, the facility that we're going to do it up in. And I guess my vision, my sister was sending me properties today that are for sale, but my vision is definitely, you know, at least 20 rooms, having all of the beds set up and really setting it up properly like they used to have the old hospitals that we look at. I'm sure when you got into homeopathy, you know, I'd look at those and I was like, I was so jealous that that was not in my lifetime. I was like, I would have given anything to work in one of these hospitals with all of these cool people and just talk about homeopathy all day and just see these miracles and, you know, be a part of it. And like, I honestly, it's so funny. Have you, have you read that book, The Faces of Homeopathy by, I think, who is it? Winston, Julian Winston. I haven't read that. Homeopathy, but I haven't read. No. (laughs) (laughs) Like, whoa, that one was hard for me to find, but it's like the history of homeopathy and it takes you through from the start to finish all the letters from Hahnemann and Mm -hmm. like the letters between the homeopaths and a lot of their meetings, you know, and they're having their Sunday lunches and they're just talking about cases like the men are smoking cigars and seeing their And when I would read those books, it's like, I honestly felt like a bit of grief of like, oh, that time's over. Oh, I live in a world where people don't have a clue and oh, I'm never going to get to like experience that. And, you know, look how quickly things can change. That is amazing. There's loads of questions I want to ask you, but that's, I remember like when I came out of clinic, because I studied at CHE, but pre-2020. So we used to have our clinics at um, Neil's Yard in Covent Garden at these lovely consulting rooms. And we'd sit around and discuss the cases, you know, and I just thought, I love this so much. And when I went into then practice and I was like, this is so lonely. Like, where are my colleagues to discuss the cases? You know, it was, I missed that so much. Yeah, Um, and and that's like such a downfall of homeopathic practice. Also, because we aren't all learning off each other anymore. We're not like mm -hmm. sharpening our skills and like seeing other people's breakthroughs and looking saying, oh, what'd you do there? Like, what what, what was really the key to cracking that case? And, And that's where the magic is, I think, is in that, you know, that community, that homeopathic, yeah. Totally. And you get getting other people's insights, what worked for them. That's how you learn the most. And, you know, like Mm. when I meet up with my homeopathy friends, which are most of them, you know, we can't help but discussing cases. It's like like what you said about chatting over Sunday lunch. Yeah. And, And then like my friend will be like, 
oh, I remember one case I was discussing and she's like, oh, well, have you considered this remedy? And I was like, suddenly it was like really obvious, you know, actually, no, I hadn't. I've been thinking about these others. And you just get these insights with the collective mind. It works more, totally. power, more powerful together, I think. Totally. Yeah. Oh, that's so exciting. You're going to have to roll it out worldwide. So when you want to set up in UK. <laughs> that, well, that was like our sort of goal, what we set, because a lot of our participants, they are from the US is sort of, they're probably half split US and Australia and some Canadians. And it's, it's like, if we can figure out a model that's sustainable, you know, where first aid kit sales is what sort of funds, you know, because what I'm finding is when well, Australia, there's just no government support and people are so financially stressed that, you know, we've got pandas kids, we've got complex kids where parents want help and it is so hard for them to honestly afford it and to find a practitioner. We've got a real shortage. I'm not sure what it's like for you guys, but it's like every time I refer people to a new homeopath, they're booked out for months and then, you know, people can't get their thoughts. So we in the dream world that we sort of want, if we had as many homeopaths as we had doctors, the world would just be all completely transformed. But yeah, I think it's, yeah, the model, that's the idea. And sort of people are putting their hands up to say, you know, I would love to sort of roll it out in like Tennessee or like Texas, da, da, da. And so many, I love that we've got so many medical people as well, because we really then come with that balance. Because if you've got like ex-nurses, you know, emergency, midwives, all of that, they're also like super switched onto like when something does get risky, cool, let's like take mm. care of it. It would be amazing to have a place where people can go and know that they're just going to get that like top to toe care in the most holistic way possible, but really be looked after. So Oh, it's mm. so exciting. So the course, is it open to people worldwide? Like what's that? Because I'm yeah. going to get flooded with like questions. Because <laughs> when I when I, te- I I do like my own courses and for introductory courses and then like what happens with you, people then want to go on and study. And I and yeah. I norm- like, the only place I have experience of is obviously CHE, which I recommend. Um, but I have people yeah. in the US and Canada as well doing my courses. So I know I'm going to be flooded with people interested in this. So yeah, tell me, they can refer them to this. So it's open worldwide and we are sort of doing it quite a different way to the way that I was trained in that from sort of, you know, the very beginning that students will be watching cases being taken, will hang up that call and then all of the theory is going to get interwoven like with the teaching around that case with finding the remedy and sort of you know learning about myism so for two years students are going to get such an in-depth understanding of really top-to-toe case taking for me I got a lot of theory and all of these different methods that I could use but when I actually graduated and walked out of the first course which was two years It was really sort of like, wow, okay, how do I actually go from here to creating a successful practice? And, you know, out of my class, there might have been 25, 30 of us, but only three of us ever became homeopaths and actually practiced, which I think is sort of indicative of sometimes you you do need that sort of hand-holding community to sort of stay together and keep that going. So, yeah, but it's open worldwide and it's two years. But, yeah, so every student gets a portfolio and at the end, it's not got your formal assessments like I used to have of, you know, what are you getting marked at? Like how much do you know this, that, or the other? It's watching really the competencies, watching you take 10 cases, 10 follow-ups, top to toe, all the things. Have you considered all the theory? So at the end of it, you've sort of got a portfolio of all the cases that you've taken. You've really shown that you are a competent, confident homeopath, really learning how to like actually get out in the world and translate it. So that, that sounds amazing because there are so many different theories and everyone's got their own method as well. And you can yeah. sometimes come like you learn Get about lost. it. Yeah. It's like, well, what do I do yeah. in practice? It's the clinical experience. What yeah. happens with the time zone difference if people are say in the US yeah, or so UK? We'd have, yeah. So we'd have different slots for the tutoring like mentoring ones where they're the live ones. So a lot of those case takings, they all just get recorded, uploaded to the portal. Everyone's like watching, going through all the theory. So when I did my honours with CHE, even being in Australia and you guys, we have quite a different like time zone, the two mm. of us. And I I just had a newborn baby. So I was just watching them in bed at just all random hours, just listening to these lectures. And like, if for me, it was not even 
like studying. Do you know what I mean? It's like you just love put that on, mm. listen to Colin Griffith and just like, oh, this is so peaceful. I'm so happy. So I think, you know, studying homeopathy, it's so easy. So And also without the pressure of that formal testing, it allows people to sort of, yeah, walk out and really, I hope, like really retain, like really actually learn it. I don't know. I was such a crammer in high school. I I have a really good memory. So it's like the night before I would just like read and just like, yep, absorb it, totally blitz all my tests. But long-term, you know, they just know that that's not the way to do it, you know, really integrate it. Are you me? Like seriously, went to school, I used to, you know, cram, get like straight A's and then never remember anything. So yeah. my husband's <laughs> like, Lisa, you did a psychology degree. You got a first. Why don't you remember this? Like he did psychology <laughs> A level. And I'm like, because I just literally learned to pass. But with homeopathy, yeah. everything changed. Suddenly it's like, I can't learn enough. I can't. Yeah. It, everything like you absorb when you truly love something, you you retain exactly. it. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And it's amazing. I think how, how competent practitioners can get if they, if they persist and they keep taking cases and learning, you think how much you learn with every single case because you're riveted. And then it's like, you see, you know, the silica patient and then you recognize it again and again. And it's like the people will often probably talk to you and just say, Oh my gosh, like, how do you know all of this? That's just like so much. And it's like, I, because you love it, it all just gets committed, you know, into the brain there. It's like, that's not going anywhere. Yeah. And it becomes a way of life. I don't know if you find if you, I don't watch that much telly now, but when I do, I'm analyzing everyone, like what remedy they need. Oh God, if only they had some, whatever, they'd sort out their life issues. Yes. Yes. Totally. Do you know, my sister, so funny, Ash. So she was uploading, she works with me and she was uploading everything for some of the students and it was a case taking that we all did together and so she was listening to the case taking as it was going and she's just like absolutely sitting there just shocked because she's like Melissa like I need you know that you know these people that we know like they seriously need this same remedy and she's just totally blown away by the whole like I guess the science behind selecting a remedy all that so now she's addicted to it now she's started listening to all these case takings that we've recorded and I was like oh do you want to study this now like yeah. little miss you know she just never never been interested before but it is just riveting but it's it's the humans right like human mind and humanity I think we are all wired to like want to understand each other and be empathetic and compassionate and so when you're hearing about somebody else's traumas and like where they're stuck, it's like, I think the average person, like they love to learn and help people overcome these sorts of things. Like, mm. yeah, totally. Oh, it's going to be amazing. It is, I cannot mm. wait. Please like keep us, wait, keep us up informed and updated with your developments. Cause it's like, just thank you. So new yeah. the world. So what, on a personal level, do you have a favorite remedy that, or it's hard, mm. isn't it? There are thousands of remedies, but do you have a soft spot for anyone in particular at the moment? Oh, let me think. For me personally, I'll tell you a couple of experiences that I've had, and I love these remedies for different reasons, but I've had sort of, you know, five like hardcore reactions to different remedies. And that would be my favorites. The first one I was ever prescribed was sulfur. And massive detox response immediately, like full head cold, cold sores came out all over my lips, banging headache, all of this stuff. And I was like, whoa, my periods just recalibrated. I didn't even think there was anything wrong with my periods, but I'd taken the pill just for a couple of years, you know, in my really earlier life. And then I was like, whoa, I forgot that, <laughs> you know, periods are meant to even be like this. <laughs> And just the power of that was like, wow, that was interesting. Never have had a cold sore on my lips since then when I used to get them, you know, every couple of months. So, you know, sulfur, I think I resonate a lot with a lot of elements of sulfur. And then Ignatia by accident, I was making first aid kits and I dropped some pillules on the table and I was just making these with my mom and we're just having this conversation and I, instead of, you know, picking them up and putting them in the bin, I just threw them in my mouth and kept going. Oh and <laughs> As someone oh, sensitive, man. I'm like, oh, oh yeah, you what? <laughs> 10 minutes later, what my, I'm just like crying. We're in this like conversation about, you know, my parents separating and just all this grief that I just had no idea, was not conscious of mm. at all. Because by this point, I'd really done a fair bit of excavating. Everyone's like happy. Every, 
everything is like so good. By this point, it's like, I'm a mum with my own family. I'm not holding on to anything for the past. I was shocked that on a cellular sort of level, my energetic body was like, oh, that still hurts. And it just came out. And I was laughing and crying at the same time with my mum because it was this it was this revelation as I was letting go of that grief. And I was like, far out, you know? So that was really interesting. Then a Gardasil detox remedy. I was making that for a patient and I thought, oh, you know, I did get the Gardasil vaccine when I was in school and I thought, oh, it wouldn't hurt me. <laughs> You're probably horrified. You're like, what? <laughs> Experimenting. But I was like, oh, just give it a go. And you would not believe I... Okay, so I, I took that, never had a bad reaction to the actual vaccine. Periods didn't change as far as I knew. An hour later, after taking that uh, Gardasil isode, I started to have like cramping in my uterus. And I was like, oh my goodness, ouch. I was like, my body must remember, you know, the distortion, you know, that I sort of picked up there. The next morning I woke up and I was pulling on my nightgown and my arm, I said to my husband, oh my gosh, my arm is so dead. It feels like I've just had a, and I was like, Oh my gosh. And I was like, no way that cannot be. But I'm thinking to myself, it's like, it's literally like that muscle, that dead arm. And I called my sister and said, you're not going to believe what's just happened. And she said, don't you remember how dead our arms were when we got them at school? And I was like, no, I don't remember that. And when talking to Dr. Isaac Golden in one of our classes with the parents, I said to him, you know, I just have to ask you because he works with obviously detox and homeoprophylaxis just day in, day out. I said, I had this experience. He said, yeah, that's not necessarily uncommon given the nature of the Gardasil vaccine in particular and its sort of affinity to that paralysis, the neurological mm. effects, all that. So I was just like, again, the power of homeopathy, like will you ever cease to surprise me? I was just like, because that was not long ago. That was maybe eight months ago. And then the last favourite that I've had was oxytocin. We're using that in the house. Actually, my daughter had that yesterday. Sorry, I'm interrupting. Share, yeah. I can't wait to hear. But oh, yeah. yeah. And I took it just because I thought if I was going to prescribe it, I sort of wanted to have an idea of it. And it was so funny because as a homeopath and working in fertility, obviously we know folliculinum is very powerful, but I ne and I always recommend to my patients, I send them an email after our consult, I say the importance of boosting your oxytocin by doing pleasurable activities together. I need you to be going on dates, being romantic, touching. I need you to build that oxytocin because from there, all of your other sex and stress hormones, like they flow. So if you get that part right and you're having lots of joy in your life, you're going to really make my job easier. But I never thought homeopathic oxytocin, it honestly, I only purchased the remedy like four months ago. And, you know, the feeling for me was it was, it's as if my stress hormones don't even have the ability to rise. I think it's been like month since I've even been able to like muster frustration with my kids, my three totally energetic bonkers making mess kids. We're normally like, I'm pretty happy to be like, oh, boys, you know, like get overwhelmed and be like, stop. But it's like the, the oxytocin, something in it truly just, you know, I was like, wow. And again, it wasn't something that I would have expected to have an impact on me. I had really blissful births, a lot of time with them. I sleep with them and just that connection. I, I felt that feeling, honestly, of like wanting to literally kiss their necks and just like, you know, like a newborn baby, just mm -hmm. be like, get here. Like, and yeah, just the, the power of homeopathy again. I just, I couldn't believe it. So they would be four experiences that I've had and all quite different in their nature, but have also led me to believe as a practitioner, you know, that there's not, there's not just one remedy. It's like, we are layered Coaching. and- we just, we clear those layers and then we integrate ourselves a bit more. And maybe it's a while before we see a homeopath again, or we want to, you know, go to another layer. But I, I love that sort of approach of like, we're just slowly integrating. I think if we tried to heal everything all in one go, we, we wouldn't recognize ourselves. Like that's just not a human, human thing. And yet somehow that's what we've sort of been conditioned to believe about healing, about even finding the similimum. But yeah, I don't know about you, but that's the experience I've found the sort of more layered. Totally. And it's funny, actually, on a few of, well, actually all of those remedies I relate to on some level. So sulfur, I took 
And my homeopath at the time didn't tell me what remedy he was giving me, which I have to say, mm -hmm. I don't like personally. I don't work with that anymore, like at all. I mm -hmm. have to know what I'm taking. But I remember he gave me this remedy and I was like, I feel like I could conquer the world. I can't wait to find out what remedy this is. It's going to be a really exciting remedy. Um, and you're like, what? Yeah, and he told me sulfur. I was like, and actually it's the king of remedies. Or, you know, I think it should be the queen, the goddess of remedies. But yeah. I was like, I mean, it's underrated in some ways because it is such a big remedy, but it, I had a profound experience on it. I felt mm -hmm. amazing on it. And what you said about the Gardasil, I'm, we're doing a detox in our house. We're actually working with Roger Savage, who's Tom Janssen's right-hand man. And he wrote the intro to his Fighting Fire Without Fire, Fire With Fire book. So amazing. I wanted to put myself through it first before I put mm. my kids through it. So I was like, let's see how I get on. And I, because I'm really sensitive and I was amazed. I haven't had really any aggravations. I've certainly had detox responses, but it's been very mm. gentle and similar to, you, you know, I've had the, I've been most recently detoxing travel vaccines and the BCG, the tuberculosis jab. After mm. that, I had fluey symptoms, but Again, I see it as a positive response. But after my daughter had the vitamin K vaccine, well, it's not a vaccine, the vitamin K injection detox, she actually had a nosebleed. She's never had a nosebleed in her life. And yeah. I mean, how, you know, and because it's for bleeding, and I just think it's amazing the response that we get um, to these remedies. It is incredible. Like 20 years, sometimes 20 years after the fact, like it was 20 years before when I had that Gardasil. And I just think the body always remembers the energetic distortions. And so, you know, you probably your experience and my experience too, it made me think, should everybody be doing like a detox to clear these layers? Because I mean, if you and I have done constitutional sort of classical treatment anyway, where, you know, I would say like, I really would have thought like I'm, I'm pretty thriving, you know, I wouldn't think it would have had a response, but it's like, oh, there's, there's always still like a little bit more vibrancy, you know, to be had. Do you know what? Totally. I see. I, I used to be of a slightly different opinion years ago, and this is what I like. We, we evolve, we adapt. I used to sort of more firmly believe that, you know, constitutional remedies can kind mm. of heal everything. And, and I'd certainly mm. had great, great responses to constitutional remedies but I find quite often particularly like I have I'm prone and susceptible to skin issues that they would return similarly mm. with my kids certain things would return and I, I've been sort of to a not forced but pushed to a point where I'm like right I want to try the detoxes because I feel intuitively that these drugs or medications or vaccines that we've had in the past are still creating an energetic block. You know, we've healed the yeah. miasms, we've treated my, but that's the one thing we haven't done. And I'm having a profound like experience, which I will talk about more once I'm through it, because I like to experience it for myself before I yeah. talk too much. But I'm like, this is uh, exactly what you've just said. Should we all be doing yeah, it? And, yeah. yeah, and like you've, you're healthy, you've had all that homeopathy before and yet you've had that response to the Gardasil detox yeah that's that's what made me and I actually started reaching out to all of my friends who are practitioners especially the ones working in fertility because I know that because when I did that Gardasil detox it affected my next period which said to me that it has the power to sort of be influencing definitely women's fertility mm. and I said just consider maybe doing these specific detoxes then definitely in the last couple of years, obviously most practitioners are like, okay, with what has just been rolled out around the world, a lot of people are using those isodes to trigger a healing response with those. And it's sort of, I think it's at the Martin and Pleasance, one of our major homeopathic pharmacies here, we were like emailing and they're saying, we've just had an explosion of people wanting isopathic, you know, preparations of these vaccines. So all the homeopaths, I think we're all sort of switching on at the same time that, oh, this might be really valuable. And yeah, it's so interesting with the different ways of practicing homeopathy, because even when I graduated and Peter, who's my mentor and who, my colleague, we, he was very sort of like classical one remedy at a time, you know, morning and night, that's his sort of MO. And I was like, I'm doing, you know, this fertility protocol and I'm getting way better results. Like way more people are getting pregnant than if I was to do that. And I said to him, I feel like I'm under a time crunch. Like I do think classical homeopathy is more beneficial. Like if people had two years, mm. you'd say, yes, 
spend that two years getting yourself in the best shape of your life. But what I'm seeing is people who are coming and they're saying, if I'm not pregnant in six months, I'm doing IVF. So give it all you've got, you know? And so it's like, oh man, if I just sort of trying to weigh up the risk and benefit of the way that you approach certain things. And also with the complex kids, you know, with the protocols with Sarah Valentini, like we were saying, and the girls, Angelica Lemke in that homeopathy hive, they've really got a process of like many remedies at a time, all little layers, trying to be really gentle with these kids because they're finding, you know, if they give a a classical prescription, sometimes I guess it sort of is just too much for the kids, just blasting them, these complex kids. So Mm. the results that they're getting sort of indicates that, yeah, times are changing and we, we have so many different tools up our sleeve. It's just figuring out what's the most beneficial. Totally. And we're more toxic. We live in like Hahnemann's world was completely different. I mean, how healthy would people have been? I know. Like, I'm so jealous again of like how easy they would have had it. Right. (laughs) But even, you know, I've been on Tom Janssen's. I'm doing a lot of um, further study with him and he will say it's not like even his method of describing the the human chemistry, as he now calls it. It's not outside of Hahnemann's thinking you know he would still when there were blocks to cure he would still use mercury for mercury poisoning or it's just it's still we want to find the constitution constitution remedy but we're clearing all those layers that wouldn't have been there Um, yeah 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 so it's exciting times what okay something else I wanted to ask you actually people have asked him about so I love Fibonacci potencies is something I've only recently got into and you talk about Fibonacci potency I know you teach them and can you can you share a bit more information on that that. that yeah please yeah so that is obviously sort of a new thing for everybody so I think Dr Joe Rosenwag really made it like a bit famous so he's the obviously cardiothoracic surgeon and you just think a man who's gone from doing heart surgeries all his life now is a homeopath and he's into the Fibonacci potencies So it was like very interesting. So I guess the nature of this universe and sort of looking at it as like a vibrational universe, breaking it down to sort of geometry. And when, and and I've heard these statements like previously in just random, you know, circles of, you know, the world is sort of like underpinned in nature, particularly with sort of mathematics. That's really what underpins things. And with the Fibonacci spiral, of course, we see it all throughout nature, this most remarkable pattern, which they say is like God's fingerprint throughout the universe, this sort of divine order of things. Then where I got into it was more with the Fibonacci home accords, which was combining the 10 lowest Fibonacci potencies and using that. And the the sort of premise behind it being that if we take a potency from every area around the spiral, that we are most certainly going to strike the the vital force at some point where it resonates, as opposed to say, yeah, we start with 30C, how does that go? Yes, no, move up to 200C, move up and sort of wait to find where it does strike that vital force with using the Fibonacci home accords all at once. I was seeing these like remarkable breakthroughs and not a whole lot of aggravation like very minimal. No one who's ever asked me like, oh, can we slow down? Can we sort of like pivot? That would be just such a rarity. I would always say to them, like, I know this, you're having a full on healing response right now. Do you want to keep going? Or, you know, where are you at? And they're like, yeah, no, this is good. I want to get, and they move through it quite quickly. Where where this idea came from is purely Peter Berryman, who again, mentor. So he's practiced for 35 years and tried to, you know, a few things, but he has a very good understanding of like, you know, when I give carcinosin T58 in this, you know, potency, what do I expect it to do? Whereas I'm just so new to homeopathy by comparison. I can't tell you like the full on difference between like a 200C sort of reaction with the case because I skipped to Fibonacci home accords so quickly. Now that's sort of my level of understanding of like what I expect cases to break through with. But in all of the cases that I find where the person has tried a single potency before, just a single Kentian potency, some might've tried like a 30C potency with another homeopath and they've had a mad aggravation, like intense, like, or like all sorts of things. And the husbands are like, I am not touching that shit ever again. Like the husband's (laughs) taking 30C cephalinum and he's like, he's terrorized, can't sleep at night. It was just, it was just an unfortunate aggravation. 
And then it was like, okay, let's try the Fibonacci home chords. And he moved straight through that, that trauma, just unbelievable. Just all got processing all the physical things out and the wife too. So that couple just happened to be a really good example of where mm. sometimes the single potencies and with the wife, she, she'd had a massive boil come up when she took the 30 C of the potency. So her homeopath is epic, picked the right remedies for them. And it was just like potency that she was figuring out to get them through. Now this massive boils come up under the sort of boob, under the nipple, and it sort of stayed there and it wasn't able to get through with the single potencies. Then when she used the Fibonacci home accord, immediately that boil up to the surface separates out all the pus and it just heals. And so it was just like a real quick move through. But yeah, I would love to see more research done in terms of just like a comparison, you know, because mm-hmm. potency and posology as homeopaths, it's like sometimes I think, yeah, it is almost as important as picking the remedy. And yet we we all approach, approach it so differently, but none of us really have the time or like the ability to really sit down and compare, you know, what 30 people going through trialing this way, 30 going through trialing that way. But yeah, I would love to see it. But yeah, the Fibonacci home accords, I find just so much less aggravating, surprisingly, because you would think adding all those potencies into a single bottle is like, what the heck, right? Like that's just going to blow up someone's case. But yeah, no, not not so much. I'm finding whatever I sometimes expect, it's the opposite. Like with my (laughs) detoxes, I'm, you know, being sensitive, I would have thought I'd have to do one at a time really gently as where Tom's approach now is the more detoxes you do at once, the less likely you're to aggravate because it creates less space. So I'm detoxing in the same week, mold, steroids, the pill, malaria drugs, (laughs) poly vaccines and the tuberculosis jab all in one week and I've had really no in like no aggravation so so I'm starting to think some of the things we may have thought aren't yeah. necessarily the case and I took a 50m staphysagria the other week thinking you know this is me that couldn't aggravate on a 30c and I yeah, have it go until experience ever so interesting one of my girlfriends in the UK do you know Jen Blair Jeanette Blair. I've heard I have heard of her, yes. She's JB yeah. homeopathy. Um, yes, that's, yeah. yeah. We were catching up a couple of years ago and I was talking to her about a warts case and I'm like, oh yeah, what were you using? And she's like, da-da-da, 50, through your 50M. And I was like, woo. And she said, oh, what do you, what do you guys like in Australia? You know, how do you? And she's like, oh, it's just some of these old myths, you know, but no, it's like really phenomenal. And so it's so interesting to see the different prescribing styles. And I think one thing in all of my courses that I make so clear to people is that there are so many different ways that people are getting results and really successful and just be open to all and see what you find to be successful for you. Because we all also attract different patients, right? And often I think that like the the prescribing style that you have, you know, the patients are coming, they're being brought to you because you can heal them, you can figure it out. Like when I look at, honestly, my success in my like early, like fertility work. And I just think, I just felt like I was so looking back now. I'm like, I was so clueless. I can't believe all of these people got pregnant, but I just think I must've just been attracting all of these easy, straightforward cases in the beginning, because if I had the cases that I get now back then, I would have been like, oh my gosh, what? But like, as we evolve, I think the patients who come like maybe get more complex and it's something that we can figure out and yeah, keep growing. That's a little theory anyway. <laughs> no, I, I, I've heard a lot of homeopaths say that actually as well. And I don't know about you, but I find as well, you sometimes I'll get in just an idea pop into my head. Oh, with this patient, I need to use an LM. Like I've never mm-hmm. used an LM before, but this one I need to use it. It's like something just yeah. I don't know, divine inspiration. You feel intuitively that they need something different from someone else. It's Yeah, absolutely. And that's the power of the homeopath. Like Sarah Valentini talks about intuitive homeopathy and their school is really based around, I think it's called the intuitive school of homeopathy, I think, and really feeling into it, like with the kids. And actually that reminds me, and oh, I don't know, I, I won't say the person's name, but once I had a dream about, and this woman, her husband's quite famous and this wife, they've got a, a child with certain conditions. It's just, I think it's not autism, but it's sort of like a similar type thing. 
And I said, I had a dream about you last night that you were asking for carcinosin. I said, I don't know if you even know what that means, but like, that's what I dreamt last night. And then anyway, long story short, the child, the the homeopath that they were seeing lets the child pick a color out of the page. They say, pick the color that the kid resonates with the most, get them to like pick a color. And then that homeopath goes down and there's a little key at the bottom. And it's like, this is the remedy that the child is going to take. And it was carcinosin. And I was like, wow, that was like, that happened a week after I sent her that message about a dream. And so just, I guess the intuitive, so that homeopath obviously is really relying on the intuitive process of the Mm. child and, and picking that. And yeah, just, yeah, totally, totally mind blowing sort of when you get those hits, just sort of, yeah, pressing into it. Because when you think about it, like that is a a process that if we hone that skill, that intuitive, like that is knowledge, that is knowledge coming from the field of sort of all knowledge around us. And I would say like, you know, God is just giving us a hint, like cut straight to the thing. You don't have to like hit the books and like be confused. And, and, oh my goodness. Okay. I told you this story about Ignatia. I had a university lecturer message me out of the blue. So I haven't had her as a lecturer for a long time. This is back when I first studied. So like 10 years ago. And she said, I had a dream about you last night. And she said, the, the remedy that you're looking for is Ignatia. And the night before I had really been praying for an answer for something. And I'd said to my husband, I'm like, I've got this like block, like that I need to figure out. And she'd said that to me. And I just thought, wow, like, you know, this spiritual world, this vibrational world, the answers are there so often if we really do like press in and trust and Yeah. Oh, I love it. There's so much more we don't know about. And yeah, we just have to trust, I think, sometimes and yeah, tap into it's all there. It's all there if we all want there. it. Yeah, every answer that we could ever want to know. And it's, I think it's about like that alignment. Like, can you, and because we're homeopaths, we understand vibration and frequency. So it's like, can you get yourself into such a good vibrational state that you're even open to like getting the answer? I think that's really the the secret there is getting yourself feeling good and full of joy. And that's when, and and when you can relax and surrender it, I feel for myself in my life, when I have ever pushed hard for an answer or it evades me, <laughs> like the moment I say, all right, oh, I'll give this up. You figure it out. Then, you know, it totally falls into my lap and I'm like, oh yes, thank you. But it's got to be that genuine surrender. Like so many times, like say, for example, it took me ages to meet my husband And so I was single for like, I don't know, seven years before that or something. And I really wanted to settle down, but I was just completely single for seven years. And like all this time I'm like, okay, all right, God, I trust you. Like you'll figure it out. All right, universe, you got this. And I would say that, but I didn't mean it. I'm like fully on my timeline. Then this day, and I'd had a homeopathic remedy, of course, the day before in student clinic, I'd dose myself. And, but you know, that next day it was really like, all right, I I really actually just don't care. I I actually have such a good life. I really don't even need to necessarily have that. I fully trust you. That's fine. Literally met him the next day. And so like learning through life and these experiences, when I'm talking to people, it's like really genuinely surrender the problem and you'll just get all the answers that you want, especially, you know, when we've got sick kids or something that like really means so much to us and it's got so much emotion behind it and we're holding onto it so tightly. Like I just, I have to figure this out and do it. If you can let it go and know that like it's taken care of and you're going to be guided to the right answers, it just comes so much easier, I think. So yeah. Oh God, yeah. It's not easy always to surrender, but homeopathy can help with that, definitely. But yes. Oh, uh, do you know I, I could chat to you all day and I'm really conscious of time. Can I ask you this one I re- if it's like a one sort of final question? Absolutely. Because when I ask I know what the answer to this, and we're obviously making a reel about this at some point soon, but I when I put what can I you know what do you want me to ask that homeopath and the questions I had was can homeopathy be used for x y z and it was all listing chronic issues <laughs> what's it hopefully yeah. if they've got this far and they've listened they'll will have gathered the answer but can we just have the record is there anything homeopathy can't be used for I'm gonna say like nothing nothing short of you know when people are asking for you know, full on, like out of body, you know, I want to change my, my sex or, you know, things like that, you know, but everything in the realm of health, it is 
how much capacity do you believe your body has to heal? And I have seen so many supernatural miracles, the people who were diagnosed with things incurable, you know, and, and we all know them and whether it's, you know, tumors that have formed that, you know, the body just clears up itself. The body is so divinely intelligent. And so the only limitation is how much power can we give your body to heal? How much can you, you know, bolster that vital force so it can get what it needs to do done. And that's all about the individual. Mm. So yeah, it's, there is there, but there is really, you know, I would say just nothing off the table for things. And it doesn't matter if you've had it for what, 30 years, 50 years, homeopathy changes at the absolute core. Every modality like these days likes to call themselves like the real root cause, this, that. It's like, no, homeopathy is the true root cause. Energy is the moment you are born. As you grow into that baby, we are the root we are the energy and that's where we see the full changes mm. completely I have to, oh yes I have to I'm so glad you said that I have to like sit on my hands sometimes on Instagram where I see other modalities talking and I'm like no homeopathy's better I'm like no Lisa yeah. <laughs> just just be quiet yep. Every, they're, they're all good in their own way but yeah homeopathy there is nothing else like it there is yeah um, absolutely that's beautiful. Is there anything before we go that you'd like to talk talk about or share that we haven't had um, time to properly discuss? Or no, to be honest, like just fantastic chat. Love seeing, yeah, your power. I remember one post the first time I ever saw your page, and it was, you know, the the flu is the healing response. Like the grief is the healing response, and I think just those teachings, like that knowledge that you're giving people is like beyond, like that's what people need to realize. A lot of people need to like take a chill pill out of the way that we've been trained and just realize like your body is doing it with those symptoms. Then we can yeah, use homeopathy to really hone it in, but damn, it's, it's all this knowledge and it really is. It's revolutionary. And I'm so glad that we get to do it. And I'm just seeing so many, I probably, I'm surrounded by a lot more women in the homeopathic sphere, but just it's like a full, like it's like our generation, right? Like we are, this is where it really makes its big comeback, I would say. Oh, your your enthusiasm is contagious. I believe I'm more enthused about homeopathy, which I didn't think was possible, but there we go. <laughs> Love it. Thank you so much for having me on, Lisa. I appreciate it so much. Oh, no, thank you. And how can people best get in touch with you if they want to find out more and connect with you? Sure. So Instagram is really where I sort of teach. I'm just a bit of a story rat. I'm always in the stories and that's that at that homeopath. Otherwise our organization is RMDY Collective. We've actually just this week, we're almost converted completely to a not-for-profit just to help with our rollout of these hospitals and really, yeah, get it back out to the community. So yeah, that's, that's the way. That is amazing. Thank you so, so much for coming on. People are going to love listening to this. Thank you so much, Lisa. Appreciate it. Thanks.